This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Curamore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Curamore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Okay, so... You took the fall and thought of me above all. Mm. So the controversy here is once again, kind of a glory of God question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the cross, is it about me or is it about God's glory? Mm-hmm. It's about both and it can be about both without making God's glory seem like less is my opinion about this. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I used to go to a church that was, it was pretty small actually, but um, Vody Bauckham started coming to the church. And, um, and of course, you know, within like 10 minutes he was preaching <laughs> at the yeah. church because he's anointed to preach. Um, yeah. And, and he took issue with this song. In fact, what, I think he knew the author of the song. And so he had like affection, like friendship for the author of the song. And, but he was going like, I, but I wish he would have said, you thought of your glory above all, because that's, you know, of course that's the way Vody leans, you know, he thinks that way. And, and I, you know, we all think that way, really. Yeah. Um, it is God's glory above all. And that's um, what I was talking about even before. And that was the problem with, I forgot which song we were talking about, but that's the same thing that I was talking about where there, I think it was uh, what a beautiful name where, it's like people will say, oh, it sounds like you're making it as if everything mm-hmm. was for us as opposed to God's glory. Right. That's kind of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, making these statements, these bold, unapologetic statements in a song in order to highlight an aspect of the gospel that is so rich and so good or so comforting, you know, and so worshipful to say um, and and not explaining it, not couching it with other th- good theology and all this stuff. And so left on its own, it can make it sound like it's to the exclusion of something else. Like like the Jesus coming and dying on a cross was not for the glory of God, which yeah. we no none of us would say. Yeah, you know, of course exactly. we all believe all of this ultimately is for the glory of God. Uh, <clears throat> if if Jesus doesn't come and die for us which we say all the time, we don't say, hey, Jesus died on a cross for his glory, dot, 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 for you. (laughs) You know, we (laughs) say, but of course he died on the cross for his glory because it was to redeem a people and so that every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. But he Mm. died for us, Yeah, you know, on the way to glorifying his name. So I don't know. It's another one of those things where I'm like, I just don't, I don't really have a problem with it, but I get it. Yeah, I've heard the, there's actually a documentary I was watching um, that talked about that song because it was talking about kind of how the westernized like American church kind of goes away from uh, the gospel in some ways. And they were also kind of making the argument that this song is kind of like, oh, they're making it seem like God just thought of 
us over everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I can hear that as a way that, that some people can hear it. But I think, uh, once again, I think that that's more so a fear of misinterpretation. I think I like the way that you said it, Michael, where it's like, if somebody just reads the Bible, then they can figure out kind of mm. what the song is going for. Um, but I think it presupposes this idea that the only people that know what they're talking about are the people that are in the pulpit, like preaching, <laughs> yeah. and that the people sitting in the congregation are just kind of like blank slates that don't have any <laughs> reference information right. and don't have like their own kind of discoveries. Um, I think that, you know, the it's one of those things where God thinking of us and God loving us is a part of it. Mm-hmm. That's a part of why he's so glorious. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the psalm. It's like, oh, who who is man that that you would think of me? Yeah, you know, like, and I'm sure that that's one of those things that 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 sentiment that 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 when they were making that song comes from is like, wow, you're this big amazing God. You're infinite. You're omnipotent. You didn't need us, mm-hmm. but instead, you but you but you wanted us. You right. thought about us, and you said, you know what this is something that I want to restore. Hmm. Um, I think that, you know, yeah, that's like a more of a sensitivity thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. So on this one, I, I agree. So I, I mean, I say, (laughs) I say thumbs up. I'm okay with this. Uh, The rest of the song really, I think teaches the message well. And, and so it's, it's really just more extreme language to say like, Jesus does love his bride. He's willing to sacrifice himself for it. Like that's real. Yeah. Technically above all. I know. Yeah. 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 Above that is, that the glory. The, okay. That is, the, I don't, that is the part. but that's not what's, that's not what's being conveyed. Like it, it's, I don't think that that's the, truth I'm going sentiment. into it knowing obviously the glory of God is number one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a context where somebody doesn't believe that and sings this song and then is like, yeah, confused by it. I don't know that that's there. Maybe it is. <laughs> the way the way that I, whenever I hear that song, the way that I think of it is like him saying above all isn't saying, oh, this was the priority. It's almost like, you know, when you're talking to a friend and you're like, oh, and they did this. And then on top of that, they did this. <laughs> like, that's kind of like, that's, that's how I read into it whenever I heard this song growing up. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, yeah. And then on top of all this, all these other things that you do, you thought about us. You know, so okay. like that's something that you kind of add to it. Okay. Um, then again, I don't know if that's a stretch. It could be. Um, but okay, so I, I actually the, will admit, part. I I will admit I have a little reserve when I think about like yeah. it. it there words mean something. I don't want to yeah. say words don't mean anything. Like right. you do have to yeah, have exactly. a level of discretion. So now you guys are making me rethink if I should uh, thumbs. I, man, the song is good though. In so many ways. Yeah. Like I, well, and that's, that's the issue. Every, it's every so song. true in so many ways. Once like, again, the parameter is, do you think that this is a, a song that you would play at church as part of worship? Right. Corporate, without, corporate worship. Without a sermon following it up to explain yeah. the controversy. I would do it with a song before and after about the glory of God. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating, bro. <laughs> so that's a thumbs that's, up. That's a thumbs that up. Like I would a, do it. You would do it. Okay. I say yes. I'm thumbsing. I, I, if I'm, I, this is the one where I'm like, if I could do this, I would, but I'm, I'm going to go up still. Okay. I, 
for the for I think for the same reason that the reckless one I said thumbs down, I would say thumbs down on this also. Okay. Um, <clears throat> because I feel like it just kind of like when you said it earlier, when you said above all, you know, I mean that's an emphatic statement, very clear. It doesn't apologize for what it says, and and to me, I'm just like, ugh, I don't. It just makes me uncomfortable enough that I'm like, there's a t- there's a million good songs, there's a million great songs. I would probably avoid it. So I'm I'm just gonna go on record as saying thumbs down, even though, for me personally, I can sing the song and I can worship in spirit and in truth, and be happy with it. But I wouldn't do it in church. Even if I was uh, like explaining it, couching it with other songs and all that stuff, maybe. But if it was just like play the song, then probably not. For the same oh, reasons, I would say. <laughs> for the same reasons, I would say that's why it would be a thumbs down corporately. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm okay with reckless love because he doesn't actually make an absolute statement. That's mm. different because he doesn't make an absolute statement. This one is making more of an absolute statement. It's like when you say to your wife, you do this all the time. Okay. Yeah, You're not yeah, supposed yeah. to say yeah. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, if I play this in a few weeks in church or something, like, don't hate me. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Uh, I, there are a bunch of other you. songs that I like better. <laughs> this isn't really one of my favorite worship songs. Yeah. So that that is the thing. Too. I'm actually okay with going thumbs down on this one. Okay, so you you you. I'm swapped. changing. I'm swapping. I'm going to go thumbs okay. down. I'll probably go thumbs down too if we're going corporate. Also, I think there is a. I think there. Oh, here's a thumbs down visually for you, so it can be documented. But so, but I am thinking too that um, the argument also is that there's so many better songs. I guess. That say kind of the same thing, and that's I guess that's also another thing to think about. It's like, could you? This is a song where I'm like, all right, for me, it kind of treads on the line, but because I feel like I could find another song that could illustrate what that song's illustrating. Yeah, the language there's gospel the, language, but yeah, a lot of the language is not even as that identifiable. Like a rose trampled on the ground, it kind of makes sense, but we don't really yeah. throw roses on the ground. Yeah, so it's it, it's one you can do without that's not super impactful necessarily. And it's using that absolute statement. And, yeah. and that's where I'm like, you know, I think reckless love is a lot more impactful song that doesn't have an absolute statement, even though it has maybe a kind of uncomfortable word. So okay. I, I, I'm thumbs down on that one actually. So, okay. okay. So we've all gone thumbs down on one. Wow. <laughs> I feel wow. so bad. I didn't think this would happen. Yeah, that does feel bad. You I know, and Michael bad. W saying it and he's, you know, it's Michael W Smith, it's man. The yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, can't thumbs down. We the love dog. you, Michael. <laughs> no, I know. Like, yeah, and and that and that's probably a good. Uh, this is probably a good point to say because we all gave it thumbs down to just reiterate. We're not yeah. we're not giving thumbs down to any churches who love the song, yeah. the artist who wrote it. It's like not that you're you're not saved because you sing this no, song. Yeah, like it's no, not, it's, it's not, not that. No, it. I wouldn't call it heretical. No. Nothing like that. You know, it's just like is. Is it great? And it, and it feels like every song we're seeing comes down to a phrase or even just one word. Yeah. And that's really the thing we're giving thumbs up or thumbs down to is the controversial phrase or word, not the heart behind it or the person behind it yeah. or anything like that, you know, or even the whole song. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we finally gave all thumbs down to a song. Yeah. Uh, it happened. Brutal. So I'm going to come in this one. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this one. Okay. <laughs> so Creed. 
Creed, which the is band? no, no. Oh, okay. The song Creed, <laughs> which is Rich Mullins right, right? Okay. It's the Apostles' Creed. Wow. So this is a deep doctrinal statement. Yes. Okay, I know where you're going. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. This is in the Apostles' Creed, and John, it's saying in the song. Hang on, Michael. If you could have seen John's face when you opened up the Apostles' Creed for criticism, like, are we going to thumbs up or thumbs down the Apostles' Creed? He was, like, ready to run. I'm somewhat hopeful like, oh, that no. nobody has gotten this far into the podcast. <laughs> well, no, because... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, the reason I the reason my face was like that was because there's... I think there actually is controversy about this idea that Jesus went to hell mm-hmm. and then came back. Is that where you're going? I think that's kind of the that's, thing, right? Yeah, the controversy is doctrinally there's a divide about Jesus occupation during the three days yeah, that descending he was in yeah. darkness. And so basically there's a few different views and, um, I mean, everybody, I think mostly has come to the point, like maybe it's not meeting the eternal, like a fire hell, but like, you know, the soul prison or whatever, you uh-huh. know, the yep. souls were in before. So, yeah. but there is a divide on this issue of what Jesus was actually doing and, and does this actually work with the gospel and all that stuff. Right. So, uh, I mean, we don't have to have a huge doctrinal conversation. We may not be able to thumbs up or thumbs down this one in this episode without (laughs) having, uh, John Piper on or something, but (laughs) it's tough. I would say though, but what I would say though, is that I think for that reason, I think that makes it a thumbs down song. Because once again, we were like, okay, is this a song that you can just play and you not have to explain or not have to go into a whole thing about. Like, is this a song that you can play and people will get it? Well, and this is a deeply doctrinal song. Like, the whole point is to say doctrine of the church, the whole doctrinal script, right? Right. So, yeah. Before we get too far into it, because it is very didactic. I mean, this song is very... It actually, and he does an amazing job of having flow and it's artistic Mm -hmm. and musical and very didactic, you know, very theologically full and rich. So can you read it to us? The whole song? Even if not the whole song, what's the kind of the controversial part of it and and maybe the couple lines around it? Um, I believe, okay, because I guess it has more to do with Jesus. So because it has one on God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, but this one was in the Jesus uh, stanza. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. So that's good. Thanks for that. So I, yeah, so like you said, there's controversy theologically in the church about did Jesus descend into hell? Yeah. And we're obviously not going to solve that controversy. So really, I think you're going to sing this song if you agree with this theology. And you're not if you don't, probably, right? Yeah, probably so. I I bet that one line would keep you from singing the song if you disagreed with it. Well, and I think it also, it, it raises a lot of questions, I feel like. For me, initially, which actually is good. I mean, you're raising which questions can be good. in people raising to ask, "Hey, what yeah. is this? Re- you know, what yeah. is this?" Which can be good um, if it's you know raising maybe the more right in questions. a teaching context though than a worship context. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. That's why I would say this is one that 
would probably end up, which, well, which is funny because we sing the creed, which basically takes, because in that one, I think the line they use is descended into darkness, heroes mm-hmm. in glorious light. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I feel like saying descended into darkness usually gets more accepted because saying darkness is more vague. Yeah, you when, could just mean the tomb. You could just mean, death. oh, the tomb, like death, like he experienced that. Yeah. But when you say, oh, he descended into hell. Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of <laughs> what like, What do you oh. mean? Well, hell and Sheol and stuff can be a little bit so that's ambiguous for, sometimes in yeah. language, depending yeah. on who you're talking to from history, who you're reading, like yeah, yeah. It, Hades, you know, all that stuff can seem a little bit yeah, like, right. which one are you actually talking about? Right. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I personally would say I don't believe Jesus descended into hell, okay? If we're uh-huh. talking about hell as you in mean the place, lake of fire hell? Yeah, lake of fire, yeah, okay. hell, eternal punishment hell. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say Jesus descended into hell the way we mean hell when we read our yeah. Bibles. Yeah, But I do believe he descended into Hades or Sheol, like a, a, the place of the dead, yeah, um, with and, Abraham's bosom and the chasm, and yes, the, yeah, and, and those those faithful of God who were counted righteous through their belief pre-Christ, I do believe Jesus went and freed them, and brought them with Himself when He ascended, and so they're the, so that now all those faithful are with Him in heaven, where they yeah. weren't in heaven before; they were in the place of the dead, yeah. Sheol. Uh, so, did He descend into darkness? Yes. Did He send it into hell? Not, I wouldn't say the way we mean hell. Maybe, yeah, maybe not in the way that we mean hell. I think the best illustration I've ever seen is Jesus experiencing separation from God when he took upon sin upon Mm. himself. Mm. Why have you forsaken me? Yeah, like him experiencing that. And there was an illustration where it showed how, oh, it was God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they were together in unity. And in that moment, it was like because he put upon sin upon himself, and God is like not in the presence of sin, saying that, oh, him experiencing that separation. Um, that was the kind of the best illustration I've seen to describe that. Would I say that that means that he went to hell? I, I mean, yeah, I guess that is the controversy, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if you're preaching on, you know, if Colossians 3 or Ephesians, or just Colossians 1 and then Ephesians something where it kind of has some verses about this stuff. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense because then you can explain. It. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like, hey, we're going to use this as a regular worship song. Uh, oh, man. I, I think just because of our understanding of hell, like when we, when we, our, our modern translations, which are, there's some very good ones, you know, and they're translating hell, they they will translate it differently from Sheol or Hades yeah. uh, or the grave, you know, and we mean something very specific when we say hell. There's a lot of theology behind what, where is hell, what is hell. And a lot of people in the congregation are going <coughs> to superimpose that meaning. Exactly. Just like hey, yeah. hell is the lake of fire. Exactly. That's what you think. Yeah. So, so I would, if I would say if I was going to sing this song, I would want to change that one word, okay. hell, because of how that word is... Heard how we understand w- where hell is and what it is theologically, um, I would want to change that one. 
But I wouldn't want. But I wouldn't want to remove the idea. This that is Jesus such a beautiful song. Dis- so it's, you want to do it with a different word, but we that that's against the rules. I know so. it's against the rules. Yeah, you guys got me on what a beautiful name saying. I had the thumbs down when I changed oh, the verse. Oh, oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. Ah. It's a hard. It's a tough one. It's but, a no yeah, it's because be of how hard. didactic it is, and and the superimposed ideas about. Hell yeah, not because it's didactic, but because it's being so, it's so clearly trying to teach something. It's teaching something. And we just, I don't think we're thinking the right way about hell specifically. And it's the, it's the apostles. It's not like, this is not a modern songwriter trying to convey something that's kind of ambiguous. It's more like a, this is doctrine. Uh, I could well, see a lot of people in the congregation, even learned biblical people conflating that with Jesus went to the lake of fire. Uh-huh. That's why I'm that's why I'm thumbs down on it. Okay. But. And, and when you say this is doctrine, the t- the church the song is trying to teach doctrine. Yeah. Uh and and not that the apostles creed itself is scripture, but that right. it's trying to compile a lot of scriptural truth into these this these clear statements statement that are doctrinal statements. That are doctrinal statements. So yeah. I think for that reason too, I would super painfully Yeah. Give it thumbs down. It hurts. Yeah, yeah. And like for me, it, it really is. The thing that does it for me is the fact that the ideas surrounding what it what it's saying is going to create a distraction that's going to disrupt worship for people. And I think that for me, that would be the part that I would be caring about more so because even if I totally agreed with it, I'd be like, okay, but if there's going to be so many people that are going to hear that line and it's going to take them out, of what they should be focusing on, which is encountering the Lord, mm. then to me, that's why I'd be like, okay, well, then I'd rather not do it. Yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. It's cool. like, oh, wait, what would you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So we just yeah. thumbs downed. Don't say it out loud <laughs> like that. Don't do that. <laughs> You're not... That's you This is a podcast, Patrick. It's meant to make waves. Guys, oh. you know what? <laughs> Everyone, we don't make the rules. We don't see people. You don't. See I church. made the rules. Sorry, you don't see churches. Well, you made the rules. But I mean, like, as far as the Apostles' Creed being used in churches, you don't see a lot of churches using it, probably for that reason. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so uh, we got two more. Okay. And this next one, I, th- I to be honest, I think we're really going to all agree on this. Uh, but I've seen a lot of controversy about it online. Uh, it's from In Christ Alone. Oh. Okay. It says, hey. till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Okay. The controversy is contingents that tend to be maybe a little more liberal and stuff. They don't like the word wrath. They think that, right. you know, it says God is love. And so we need to focus on that. So like, more of a, what if it's, you know, the God, the love of God is personified or something there mm-hmm. instead of the wrath of God is satisfied. Okay. Um, and just so you know, contextually, the writers of the song, I think it's, well, the writers of the song were asked to make concessions to adjust this for possibly for churches. And they said, no, we're not changing this. Like this is yeah. the gospel. Um, so I'm going to say straight out. This is the gospel. It is. And if you don't believe in the wrath of God, you don't believe the gospel. Uh, and you're not saved. And we love you and we want you to get saved. Right. That is, it's a, yeah, that's just a part of it. Yeah. And it, and, it, and I think a lot of people, to me, it runs into that issue of a lot of pe- the motivation behind wanting to change it 
isn't one that I think is necessarily edifying or glorifying. To me, I feel like it's more like, oh, we want to change it because we want people to be like, I, uh, what I'm imagining is the reason, is because we feel like when you talk about the wrath of God, mm-hmm. like people are just going to be turned off by that. Oh, wrathful? Like, oh, uh-huh. God, what? why is God so wrathful? And then it's like, okay, well, if you understand the gospel, you can understand why. But like the, uh, but if, but I think it's the idea of trying to make the gospel more digestible by taking out the more uncomfortable parts of it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if you take out any of it, then it's just, then you're, then that's just incorrect. <laughs> right. Sure. Like, this isn't like wanting to change this. It's not like the case that we said before where it's like, oh, like yet not I, but through Christ. Oh, this is just emphasizing one part of the gospel. It's not necessarily excluding one. Wanting to change this is actually an effort to exclude that part of the gospel, yeah. which is the reason why I'm like, okay, like, n- like, no. Right. You know, yeah, if you want to make a song, good. if you want to make a song that emphasizes the love of God and how what he did was from like out of his love, then sure. But to say, to have a song that has this line in it and to say, we need to take that out because we just don't like how that sounds. It's like, well, yeah, nobody wants to think that they're broken and sinful, but that's just the truth. And deserve wrath. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. like, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's well said. Uh, so, um, I, I would say Romans three yeah. would, would really affirm this song, um, that God put Jesus forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. And, and, um, even Romans again, that, uh, Jesus became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah. There's this issue of like sin and righteousness and that God has wrath against sin. Yeah. And, and that that was the problem. That is the problem of humanity, and that Jesus dealt with it by His own blood. So He received the wrath of God that was due to us because of our sinfulness, and because of His act of love and mercy and laying His life down, He received all that wrath. Therefore, we can receive His righteousness as a gift. Yeah. And that yeah. is, as you guys have said, that is the gospel. Yeah. You you can't remove that notion that God is wrathful against sin that we deserved and that Jesus did something about it so that we would be set free from that yeah. penalty. That is the the foundation of the gospel. Well, it's the whole thing where Jesus is like where Jesus is talking about loving your enemies. Ultimately, the reason he talks about that is because oh, sure, that's like it's pretty like cool advice, but at the same time, that's exactly what he did. Right. That's exactly what God did. He personified that in the most ultimate way. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, to, for, for like, someone needs to understand that to really get the gravity. Yeah. Uh To truly understand the gravity of what the gospel is. Sure. How can you say, how can you say, how can you talk about how God's love is reckless without realizing that? Absolutely. That's true. You know what I mean? And the purpose Uh, of the song, it's a hymn that's trying to explain the whole gospel, really. Like it's verse by verse, it's trying to explain the gospel. So it has portions about, it's like here on the love of Christ, I stand. Mm -hmm. It has the love portion in there. So if you don't have the wrath portion, you're, it's, 
it's less accenting one aspect because you're trying to do that. And it's more like, hey, I'm actually trying to take away from the gospel here in this mm-hmm. song. Yeah. That's yeah. what you would be doing. And right. right. I, so, I think we're all on the same page. So I'm, I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thumbs up. Sung Thumbs it a million up. times. One of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another, that's a classic one. There's some songs that are just uh, eternal. They're just untouchable. This one yeah. I'm actually going to call the bonus round. The bonus oh. round? Is it like lightning round? Like we have to do like really quick takes? <laughs> that would be fun. This one. Okay. Okay. No talking this ourselves is, I'm gonna, into I'm going to say what song it is. Maybe you guys can guess what, what line it is. Okay. It is How He Loves. Oh, yes. Oh. This one, well, I think I referenced another line. I don't. You think referenced one, another one, but not this but one. Not the one that you're is the line going to be like, wasn't there some version that was like a sloppy wet yes. kiss? Yes. Uh-huh. Heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss is the original version. Yeah. And then the abridged version is unforeseen kiss. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my <laughs> my my very hot take on this is uh, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. Is that what we're dealing with? Not unforeseen kiss. Are we dealing with sloppy wet? Uh, I feel like yeah. I, th- I think that it's. I think whether you're sloppy wet or unforeseen, I think I think the. <laughs> I think the intention of the line remains the same. The intention, I think, okay. is the same. Think, yeah, sloppy wet is same. just hilarious. Like sloppy wet is every just, time we saw that line oh, when I was worship leading, we yeah. look at each other and start giggling. You know, it's yeah, like I we think, start laughing. I think the reason people change it is because <laughs> sloppy wet kiss just sounds. Nasty. It's just weird. It just sounds too teenage. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's just yeah. So I, I mean that, and that would be my probably my criticism of the line is that it feels a bit silly. irreverent almost even it's like sloppy wet kiss that's like yeah that's just honestly it just it's just uncomfortable for me that's just like awkward language for me it's not that i think what like the gospel is the gospel like heaven kissing earth like this intimate intersection between you know, God's eternal reality and human existence. Yes, it is like that. To me, though, the line just kind of like, you almost miss how beautiful that is by calling it sloppy wet. Yeah, that's like a negative, right? Honestly, and sloppy (laughs) wet, it... When I imagine a sloppy wet kiss, that's not a... <laughs> I don't like to do a, that. I don't like to it's imagine that. It's not positive. That's, that's it's not negative. A, that's not a kiss of... Well, I was going to say, it's not a kiss of love. That's a kiss of, like, you know, something oh. else. Like, uh. well, and I think this goes back. I think you guys did a, another podcast episode, yeah, where um, you guys were talking about the language that people use in, in worship music. And I think that this would probably be one that I think proponents of, oh, using, like, relational emotional language is not good because I think you had brought it up because it tends to lead to like more sexual connotations. Oh yeah. Like romantic kind of language. Yeah. And I feel like when I think of sloppy wet kiss to me, I'm like, that's like a, to me, that's almost, I, I could see why somebody could see it as, Oh, that's more of like lustful language. Mm. Cause when I think of a loving kiss, I don't think sloppy Sloppy wet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, right, right, right. Usually it's like, Oh, well, So maybe unforeseen would work and seem more reverent, which is probably why people changed it. But sloppy wet doesn't make sense. I think that's a good. That was a. I think that was a really good revision. After that, I really liked that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Then because you can still communicate the idea of that like intimate kiss between heaven and earth and all. You still catch it without being like sloppy wet. I. (laughs) 
I love this song, and when I first heard it, I heard the Unforeseen Kiss version. <clears throat> I didn't even know the Sloppy Wet Kiss version that uh, happened existed. To me too. And what happened was, is uh, so uh, the college I went to, Liberty, uh, John Mark McMillan, actually he came and did a concert uh, at Liberty, and he did this song, and he, he said the Sloppy Wet Kiss line, and I was like, what? That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. Oh, oh. man. Uh, I love it. Wait, you love sloppy wet? No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thumbs down on sloppy wet. I agree. Thumbs down, sloppy. Thumbs wet. down, sloppy wet. Thumbs, thumbs up, unforeseen. Wet. Yes, the revision I like. The revision unforeseen is, is thumbs up. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I think we had some really good insights. Um, yes. And y'all just really, you know, helped give a bit of clarity. And I'm really glad that you guys changed my mind on a song. <laughs> I think, or, or so. Uh, I do want to say, just kind of like as a closing thought about this stuff. Uh, because people hold their songs dearly. That's you know? true. Yeah. And and like music, I think by God's design, music means a lot to us. It touches us in a different way. I could tell something to you and you could hear it and even receive it. But if something is sung and it's, you know, it's different. Like the Bible even talks about God singing. And yeah. certainly the church is commanded to sing, you know. So there's something really important about this issue. And we are not like the... The heart behind what we're doing here is not to judge people's hearts yeah. or to like, you know, just throw things out, throw songs out because we don't like a word and like, oh, that artist yeah. is trash. Or not. Like that's, there's, that's not the spirit of this. The spirit yeah. is like trying to discern what's most helpful for the church and, and these words, you know, a word or a phrase, like, does that really, does it do a good job of saying what it was trying to say? Those kinds of things so that prayer and worship is just elevated and unhindered and there's no distraction, like sloppy wet distracts, you know? So I, I, that's the heart behind it is just the spirit of unity and agreement and love and just wanting worship to be pure and true and all those things not a spirit of criticism or harshness or casting anybody out or anything like that. I just felt like it was important to just reiterate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I was saying before, like, you know, don't choose division over these songs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like this the, is not you know, divide stuff at all. It's true. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.